At home, turn us up. In your car, turn us on. At work, tell others about Talking with Ms. T, the talk show that's giving you trending topics, noted news, interesting interviews, community updates, and so much more. It continues right now. Ms. T. She'll do the talking. All you got to do is be a good listener. Greetings, all. Let's have a ball on our first show of November. This is Tanisha Baker, happy and thankful to have you join me today for Talking With Tea, bringing you the latest of the greatest show designed with you in mind. It's November 4th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, Sean Puffy Combs, a.k.a. P. Diddy, a.k.a. Diddy, actor Matthew McConaughey, and comedian Kathy Griffin. On this date in history in 2008, Barack Obama was elected as the first African-American president of the United States. November is recognized as National Adoption Month, National Diabetes Month, and National Alzheimer's Month. This week is Dear Santa Week. Today on the national calendar is National Candy Day, Color the World Orange Day, and Job Action Day. The theme this month is Attitude of Gratitude, as this month is highlighted as the month that many of us celebrate Thanksgiving. We want to be reminded that the spirit of gratitude is consistently found among those that are joyful. We also know the importance of extending charity and kindness. There is grace through giving. Giving is also a way of expressing thanks. There are many families that struggle to put enough food on the table, and as there are many that enjoy fulfilling meals each day, there are many that do not. There is a slight difference between being thankful and showing you are thankful. The latter requires action, which most often occurs through giving. All right, listeners, I have a special treat for you today. I have my good friend Buffy to the Jack in a new segment we're going to air on Talking With T called Somebody Had to Say It. So my friend and I were talking about getting ready for the holidays. We're trying to stack some coins and figure out how we're going to manage this holiday season. And she had a couple of tips for everybody. Okay, hi, listeners. I do have a few tips. Tip number one, nobody. And I do mean (laughs) no damn body is to go to jail. Don't be out shoplifting. (laughs) Whatever, stealing nothing, doing nothing, having wrecks, driving DUI and going to jail because we don't have any money to bail you out. Okay? No bailouts. No bailouts. This is Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and it's Christmas. Yeah. People got families. They got Christmas layaways. <laughs> we don't have no Tyler Perry here to come and bail us out. <laughs> so he can't come in Walmart and buy no toys here. So we need everybody. To stay out of jail, please. No jail. No jail. No jail. Because we need our Thanksgiving and Christmas money. People got to do for their children. That's what's important. So if you go to jail, don't call us until after the holidays. We'll get you out after Christmas. No bail for jail. Exactly. Well, you know what, T? We're going to get a map, but it'll be income tax time. I don't have any income tax. <laughs> But if you hold out, if you hold out to November, December, 
January. Normally, they start giving them girls their taxes around <laughs> February. Yeah. So, when you get that eight $9,000, then they'll get you out. Maybe they've been unloading your bail <laughs> by then. But before then, please don't go to jail. All right, y'all. Somebody had to say it. Had to be me. All right, listeners, as promised, we continue to bring you interesting interviews. And today I have on Talking with T, Mr. Walter Martin, native Knoxville, released his first book, Devil's Deceit. Walter Martin, how are you? And welcome to Talking with T. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on. Great. So, new author, first book published. How's it feel? It feels good to finally get that accomplishment done. Uh, a lot of hard work went into it, a lot of studying, a lot of research. So it's a relief <laughs> to actually see it in uh, in paperback and see it see it looking as good as it does. How long have you been working on the book? Um, it took me about seven years to actually finalize and get everything um, rewritten and written. I wrote all it. I probably finished it three times and was not satisfied. Uh changed characters multiple times and researched so many things and scriptures to actually make it fit and come into what the finished product is today. I'm very interested because The Devil's Deceit is already kind of a catchy title, intriguing, and then to know that it's grounded in scripture, but it's a fiction, right? It's a fictional yes, so novel. It's a, fiction, it's a fictional novel that takes place right here in Knoxville, Tennessee. So tell us a little bit about the storyline. I know you don't want to reveal too much. We're going to get into how we can purchase the book, but tell us a little bit about the storyline. Well, there's a character who's served time in prison for a double vehicular homicide. He was in the military, and he had an accident where two guys died, so he got sent up the road, and he felt like he was always wrongfully, wrongfully convicted at the time. So during his time in prison, he fell into his depression stage, and once he realized his life needed to change, he took up on Christianity, and he brought that home with him. But upon coming home, thinking that things would be immediately changed in his new faith, things are much worse than he thought they were. Um, his money's being garnished for child support. His money's also being garnished by the families of the two men that were killed. So he's pretty much broke, living under the roof of somebody else, where that's a toxic environment. Uh, he stays with the baby mother, her boyfriend, and the baby baby's mother's mother. So it's a real... Wait, hold on, situation. hold on, hold on, because I want to make sure I captured this right. I okay. feel like I'm going to need a flow chart. Now, he <laughs> stayed with the baby mama and the baby mama's boyfriend, and who else? They all live under the grandmother's house, which is the mother of the baby mother. All right, all right. Where can yeah, we get this say, book? I need to figure out. I need to find out quickly what's going yeah, on with it's this a, situation. It's, it's on Amazon.com, and um, his situation is strange. He was staying with his brother, but his brother still has a grudge on him for the pain he caused to his family and the embarrassment that he caused. So that separation was uh, inevitable. So he moves back to the halfway house, but when it's time to go at the halfway house, he has nowhere to go. So the grandmother of his child says he can stay in an extra room. She's got a pretty sizable house over on University Avenue over in uh, Mechanicsville. So okay. when he's staying there, it's a toxic environment. The the, the, the baby mother, she's, a, she's on drugs, and the boyfriend, he's on drugs as well. And he's trying to live this upright Christian lifestyle, going to work, going to church, doing what he has to do, helping the homeless. But things just seem to get worse and worse and worse. So at this time, the devil comes to him in the flesh and says, you know, 
you're trying to be a book writer. You're trying to be successful. You're doing everything that you're supposed to do since you've come home, but nothing is working for you. So if you'll push all that Christianity stuff to the side, I'll grant you all your wishes if you just sell me your soul. So in that moment, they start to go back and forth about Christianity, and he starts to he tries to defend his Christian uh, Christian faith by using scriptures against the man because he doesn't really believe it's the devil to begin with. He hasn't been proven that. So as the time goes by in the story, he proves that he's the devil, but now the guy's really cautious of doing anything, selling his soul, giving his life over to the devil for fear of burning in hell for the rest of eternity. But the devil convinces him that nothing that he's ever been told about Christianity is real. See, I had a meeting today with a preacher, and he brought up the story of Dr. Faust, and that gets mentioned in my story. So there was a story one time of a man named Johann Faust, if I'm not mistaken, that was his name. He was given powers and uh, granted anything he wanted by the devil for his soul. I think we've done an updated, modern version of it with extra scriptures. See, we add scriptures to ours. So the things that are troubling people in their modern-day, everyday faith, they can actually relate to the things that's going, he's going through in his story and relate to some of the things that the devil brings up. For instance, at one part of the book, the devil tells him that he is the true savior of the world because if he were to quit tempting people to sin, then he could just go on back to heaven and replace it, uh, reclaim his place on the throne. And the guy's like, no, that's not, that's not possible. You're a blasphemer. And the devil tells him, I never blaspheme. Me and God are not enemies. I just don't do what he wants me to do, and he does what he wants to do. We just we don't see eye to eye, but we're not enemies. So he's playing that he's playing that mode of I'm really the good guy. You just don't see it. All the things that you've been told about me are lies, but I'm here in the flesh to prove that it's all lies and that I'm your friend. So there's a saying that the greatest trick the devil ever played on the world was making them uh, believe that he didn't exist. I flipped that in the Mm. book and said the greatest trick that the devil ever pulled on man was making him think that he was his friend. So he gives him all the fame, all the fortune. He gives him everything he could ever want. He makes him a a multi-million dollar writer, film producer and things. But once he gets all the riches and the fame, his life starts to crumble because he's made money and riches more important than family and the things that actually matter in life. So his life starts to crumble. He has a starlit girlfriend. Her life is in shambles. His life's in shambles. It's, it's, it all starts to go downhill. He realizes that the devil has tricked him. Once mm. he realizes that, now the devil's after him. So it, it, it's a, it's a, it's an up and down story with a I lot of... I tell you what, you got my attention. You well, there's a, there's, there's, a there, there, there's entertainment and there's education to it because I use actual scriptures. Um, okay. I talk about everything from the race of Jesus to um, was Jesus even the son of God? You know, the devil, he's going, I, I created a devil that was savvy and bold enough to say the things that some people think that then they just won't say. But I, I let it come out of his mouth because you would expect this to come out of his mouth. So, you know, there's a little bit of bashing on his end, which is supposed to happen, but they go back and forth with scripture. So you get a good little dialogue going back and forth between the character and the uh, the devil and the defense of the Bible and the putting down of the Bible from the devil's standpoint. And I want the, I want the characters to say, hey, uh, we're really teaching the reader something here. So when they pay attention to it, they'll know that I'm reading more than just the entertainment story. Sometimes you might have to put your book down and open the Bible 
and look up one of the verses that's referenced to mm-hmm. and keep okay. up with it. You'd be like, oh, okay, I want to talk to my pastor about this because we talk about predestination, God knowing everything that's already done and will be done. But the devil says, hey, do you or do you not have free will? Because he says, God, if God has written this plan and it's already done, then there's no way he would have had me in heaven, had me turn on him to come down here to earth and drag most of y'all to hell. Furthermore, if when you die is known, then how you die is known. So if you commit suicide and go to this hell that they've told you about, this is what the devil's telling them, then that was already foreknown and you are praising a hateful God. And that's what he's using. He's using these, he's using these tactics to trick the character and say, you know what, maybe I am praising the wrong thing because my life isn't getting any better for what I wanted it to be since I've come home. So that's why he sells his soul to the devil because he's been convinced through all these trick technologies and tricky tactics. Then he realizes he's been, he's been fooled, which opens up for part two of the book, which there is a part two. And what we want to do right now is get some pastors involved so we can do a Q&A. So a lot of the things, like I said, about the subject of how you die, when you die, is it already known, is it part of God's plan for people to commit suicide? We want to talk to pastors about that so we can have an open discussion about it. So people who are getting away from the faith and refusing to be a part of the church because of these situations and these thoughts that they have going in their mind, we can get some clarity on them. How do you see that happening? Do you see a panel? Do you see a, a roundtable? How do well, you we want to do? We want to we want to do it in another book. We want to have it okay. in another book. We want to we want to have each page. It'll be detailed. You might have three to four pastors on a page. I might do the book with the whole entire panel of three or four pastors, and I'll I'll bring the question up in chapter so and so of my book. The devil says this. What do you think about this? And I'll let each one of them have their take on it. You see what I'm saying? Yes, yes. I truly yes, I truly I believe that when a pastor, because I've given it to a pastor this morning. When he reads that, and I told him specifically, you will be able. Now, I do believe that when pastors read the book, what I wanted to do was give it to the pastors in general and reach out to them because they have the they have the ear of the congregation. And once they mm-hmm. co-sign the book, they'll be like, okay, this is one worth reading, and we'll be able to discuss subjects out of it. I believe that when the pastors get it, they'll be able to have sermon upon sermon week after week of things to talk about based on whatever I've talked about in this book. I mean, just one just one conversation alone between the devil and my main character is enough to talk about for hours worth of sermon and plenty of discussion and make people really, really open their minds. I would truly recommend people to read this book if they have any kind of spiritual ways about them or any kind of spiritual struggle. Um, and that's not just because I'm the author, of course. I mean, everybody's going to promote their book, but this book really is a modern-day eye-opening book. I tell you what, I, I promise you this. I'm getting ready to order my book. I'm going to order it today, as a matter of fact. I need you to sign it. Absolutely. And I, I'm intrigued. And so You're I really can't wait hooked. to get my copy. Yes. When you get this book, it's going to be something that you really want to talk about to the people. I pro- it's, just, it's my guarantee to people because all the people I've let read it so far, whether it be in manuscript form or people who have actually bought it, they're like, wow, this is very thought-provoking. This really, really makes you think about it really makes you ask questions, and that's exactly what I wanted to do. One lady who read it, she said she was mad at me the whole entire book because it touched her so it was so it touched her so deep to where she was even talking to the book, telling you know talking to the character how people talk to TVs and things. I'm like, okay, I'm, yes. I'm flattered by that because that's <laughs> what you want. You want to touch the soul, you know? Right. 
I might even need to start a, a book club and do a book study with this because I can imagine just from the teaser and the taste that you've given us the type of conversations that could emerge and, like you said, it's thought-provoking. And so to have some minds together to discuss some of these things that have probably crossed a lot of our minds if we're on a spiritual journey. So I get that. And, Mr. Martin, we are coming close to the end of our time today. But, again, I want to thank you so much for oh, talking to you. Thank Absolutely, you. Absolutely, T. I appreciate that, just having me on. And, uh, you know, just looking forward to making it happen. Uh, anybody who's listening to this, I mean, it's definitely worth the read. All right. All righty. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. You're inside talking with T. Let's turn our attention to some trending news and hot topics. Actor and comedian John Witherspoon died at the age of 77. A Southwest Airline flight attendant has reported that two pilots live streamed video from a hidden camera in the plane's bathroom to an iPad in the cockpit. Renee Steneker states that as a part of her lawsuit, she was called into the cockpit when one of the pilots needed to use the restroom and it's policy that two people be in the cockpit at all times. She discovered the video and was told not to say anything about it because it was a new security measure. Southwest Airlines told CNN that they will vigorously defend the lawsuit. President Trump has threatened to cut off federal aid to California to fight the raging wildfires. He says the governor should, quote, get his act together and properly manage the state's forests. Now, keep in mind, the fires aren't in the forest. But anyway, fires are burning in California. And although the last report I read said they were 50 percent contained, many homes and buildings are still in danger. A seven-year-old girl was seriously wounded while trick-or-treating with her family in Chicago's little village on Halloween night. According to the Chicago Tribune, police believe the gunman was a member of the Gangster 2-6 gang, whose intended target was involved with a rival gang called the Latin Kings. BET News reported that Kamala Harris has fired her staff and closed her campaign offices in New Hampshire. It seems she may be struggling to compete, and she said she had to make some difficult decisions about closing offices. Airbnb is officially banning house parties after five people were killed and several injured during a shooting at a North Carolina Halloween party that was held at a home rental. Tyler Perry's new studio is set to host a 2019 Miss Universe pageant. Don't touch that doll. I'll be back in a while. You're tuned in to Talking With T. Would have been fish. Would have been meat. Would have been eggs. Would have been greens. Would have been milk. Would have been fruit. Would have been vegetable, would have been soup, I would have been good for you.
My friends, we have a full show today. The interesting interviews just keep coming. And I have on with me now a young man who's involved in a very important project. I'm going to let him tell you about that. But first, let me introduce you to Deshaun Blevins. Deshaun, welcome to Talking With T. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Deshaun, I want you to tell the listeners about the project you have coming up that's going to be featured at Pellissippi State Harden Valley. It's a play, to my understanding, correct? Yes, ma'am. It is a play by Dominique Marceau. She wrote a, it's an African-American playwright. She wrote a play about the uh, Gina, Gina Six from, in New Orleans. And it is a tale about young men, six young men who were uh, incarcerated um, in high school for fighting over nooses being hang, hung on a tree. The six young men who are, who are arrested um, they were released, but the play is basically following through the eyes of one of the six young men's sisters, and it tells the story about how what happened. At first, uh, at this tree at their school, the nooses were hung on their, uh, on this tree, which caused them to start a demonstration, which turned into uh, a lot of racial unrest within their community. And, uh, six young black men ended up getting into like a little fight 
instead of being like suspended from school, they were sent to jail. <laughs> and wow. Yes. <laughs> and you get to see this sto- this particular story from the tale of one of the six young men's uh sister through her eyes. And it takes so, Okay, now tell me again, where were they in school? Uh this this school was called Gina, uh and it's in New Orleans. It's a adaptation of that. Oh, okay. Yes, okay. Ma'am. So they're out of so the story or the play is based in New Orleans. Yes, ma'am. It's based in New Orleans. And um but once you watch the show, this type of thing has happened in our community several times. I mean, and but in this particular story, these six young men were freed and were in jail for about, I think, a year and a half before being free. That's a lot of loss of freedom. Yeah. Even a year and a half uh, for having an altercation that probably shouldn't have wanted that. So the altercation they had, the fight that they got into was because they the noose hanging from trees on their campus? Yeah, yeah. well, kind of, sort of. Um, it okay. Just, it was much more about the uh, unrest, you know. And okay. And this play kind of talks about how young African-Americans, this, they fought at school, too. So, mind you, this is a school fight. So why were these kids not sent to either ISAP or maybe even just suspended? But... So we talk about the school-to-prison pipeline, and this is exactly an example of that. So tell me, the play, what's your role in bringing this play to Knoxville? Right. Um, I am the assistant director, um, and the director itself, her name is Gretchen Ackworth, and she had read this play, wanted to perform it here at Post-IP. She's a professor here at post State. And I'm one of her old students, and she had asked me to come and help her along the way with this play. And I was so happy to do it after reading it and just learning. And then after reading it and then learning about what happened, I was happy to have this be uh, be a part of this or a piece of this show. Yeah, it sounds very powerful and one of those stories that I feel are necessary to be told. And so give us the date and time, and you told me it's free, right? Yes, ma'am. One of the days, my group, Black Men of Merit, that me and my friend Montre started here down here at Mississippi State. Date that my group, the Black Men of Merit, are hosting is on the 16th, and we're asking for as many African American uh, people to come on out and see the show. November yes, 16th, and Black free. Men of Merit. Okay, yes, so. Latin and America hosting the play on November 16th. It's yes, free. Ma'am. You're trying to get as many African Americans to come out. It's at Pellissippi Harden Valley. What time does the play start? It starts at 7.30. It starts, do you have to get tickets in advance? All you have to do is come up here, but it's first come, first serve, and it, okay. it's 90 people. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> but now, is that the only day? There's other there's other dates to come and see it. If you're a student, like a high school student or even a college student, the uh for high school kids it is free. So all you have okay. to do is show your ID. The dates are this coming weekend and the next weekend, which is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And um those and um Fridays and Saturdays it's it's at seven thirty is when the show starts. Okay. And you have to reserve your seat because the seats are kind of limited with 90 people 
And then on Sundays, it's at 2 o'clock. So, Mr. Blevins, just to wrap it up, you are the assistant director of the play. Oh, Mm -hmm. you know what? We haven't told the audience the title. Oh, yes. It is called Blood at the Root. Blood at the Root. Blood at the Root. And it tells the story of these six young men who eventually became incarcerated. Yes. uh, Based on some actions at their high school. What I'm going to do, because sometimes we can't remember everything, is I'm going to post that information on my website. That's www.talkingwitht.com. As well as on my social media outlets, listeners, I encourage you to grab friends and family to get there early so that you can see the play on November 16th for free at 730 at Pellissippi Hardin Valley. And I'm looking for somebody who's willing to carpool with me so that we can get out there and uh, get there early. But thank you for spending some time with us here, and thank you for talking with T. Thank you for having me on. Yes, sir. Well, once again, we've come to the end, but stay engaged by visiting www.talkingwitht.com and following the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Remember that you can listen to Talking With T anytime on your time through SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Google Music, or iHeartRadio. And definitely tune in to Talking With T on Tuesdays on Jammin' 99.7. That's WJBE, 1040 AM and 99.7 FM. New shows drop each and every week. Don't forget to subscribe to Talking With T Daily, the online daily newspaper to get your daily scoop of trending news and find out what we're talking about. On that note, I'll end with a quote. Only by giving are you able to receive more than you already have. Remember where you heard the word and keep being kind until next time. You've been listening to Talking With Tea.